This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hello, Karen. Uh, I'm Kai Marcus Mueller. I'm a professor of consumer behavior from Germany. I teach at HFU Business School in the Black Forest. My specialties are the psychology of pricing. By training, I'm a brain scientist. I actually did my PhD in the United States at the National Institutes of Health. Back in days under George Bush, actually, which, which was the it from 2000 five to 2009 and I actually defended only in Germany but all the four years I spent in the US at the government doing brain research. After that I spent two years in pricing consulting with the world's leading pricing strategy consultancy Simon Kutcher and I also worked eight years as a startup founder where I developed brain research tools to measure the optimal price where the good advantage is that you cannot cheat the system. So (laughs) if I have a good service or a good product and I want to price it and I ask you, what's the best price for that? Well, if you are the right target group, you may actually not tell me what you're really willing to pay. Maybe because simply uh, you don't know or you don't want to tell me. Now, the nice thing about measuring subconscious brain responses or also another tool I've developed is um, subconscious reaction time measures. Using such uh, tools, you can actually measure how much people are willing to pay and how much value they assume to a product or potentially the hourly rate of a lawyer. Oh, cool. And that helps you set a profit optimal price or a revenue optimal price. Oh, this is so exciting. So I know that this is probably going to come across a little different from some of our topics where we're talking very specifically about kind of marketing tactics, maybe social media, things like that. But this is absolutely a part of your marketing strategy. And so what we're talking about is pricing and price psychology and that these decisions that people make about pricing and how much they're willing to make are both a combination of psychology and marketing and how to figure these things out. So the golden question is usually how much are they willing to pay? You know, how much can I charge? But the topic and the title for the show is price psychology and the psychology behind setting legal fees. And this is going to be based on all of this amazing brain science that we've that you've been working on so to begin with thank you for being here and thank you for that that all of this cool information about how our brains work how our consumer behaviors are based on this psychology and so let's let's dig into it how do we get started with this idea of understanding where our potential clients if we're having that that initial sales call and not even lawyers don't even necessarily like to call that a sales call. Maybe it's a, we call it an inquiry call or something like that. Yes. So we're talking to someone who is, has not yet decided to be a client and they're in that decision phase. What are some things that a lot of people do wrong? 
One of the main mistakes that people make is that they know too much and they know their entire market much better than their customers. This is true for lawyers, but this is also true for anyone who sells a product. Sure. And if you know your entire market perfectly well and you know roughly what lawyer X charges and what law firm Y charges and you know how good they are, you know so much more than your customer that yeah. it starts, uh, you start creating thresholds in your own brain, price thresholds that hold you back of charging what you want and or what you probably deserve and what you what you're worth. I'll, so I'll give you we, a little sorry. or, or I, I, I could give you a, a good example because it's based on a study of my of, of a study that yeah. I ran myself. We didn't run it with lawyers, but with an insurance company. Okay. But still, this insurance company was selling an insurance that was worth round about 100 euros. Okay. So they would charge something like 95 or 99 or so, depending a little bit on the risk profile of the customer. And the sales would be always through independent brokers. Something that, you know, some, some uh, insurance companies sell through their own brokers, but some sell through independent brokers. Well, in this case, so they sold through these independent brokers. And these independent brokers, like lawyers, they know a lot about their market. So they know exactly which insurance offers what and they can compare, they've compared all of the insurances and they exactly know, well, this insurance is maybe something worth like 95 euros and they know these people, they also sell them other products, other financial products and uh, they, they maybe they're even in the same, in the same church or in the same, same football club or something like that, you know, so there, there's some kind of, of connection to these customers. And we did research, brain research, neuropricing brain research, with, in which we identified the optimal price for this insurance. And one of the main questions in this insurance company was, can we charge more than 100 euros? Yeah. And in these days, today of inflation, this is a daily question. Can sure. we go above a specific threshold? Yeah. But they were so afraid because they said, you know, we can't charge two digits, but we can never charge three digits. This market <laughs> will break down and it will, won't sell. Yeah. Well, we tested consumers uh, via brain scans and we, you know, tested them, analyzed the data back and forth, all kinds of stuff. We did not find a threshold. Yes, you would lose a few customers, but not substantially like there would be the market would break down or anything. So we went out there and said, no worries, you can go above 100 euros. They were very surprised. And so how, what then, kind of questions do you ask in that testing to figure ah, out if there is that threshold? Because great question. You know, I'm thinking if I'm paying $96 and, and I've been paying, maybe I've been paying that for years and years, and mm -hmm. then suddenly it goes to 101, that's not going to, that doesn't bother me, you know, whereas that, that hurdle to leave that company and figure out where else I'm going to go. And the cost of my time to figure all of those details out is not worth that $5. That's true. That's true. In this case, they were particularly interested in new customers. Okay. Um, this is, is not a really a product you keep for that long. 
Okay. Uh, so they have to get new customers uh, over and over again and so forth. So, but what we ask them really is we show them the product, we recruit the right target group like that, that is uh, the ideal customer for this, for this product. And then we, sh we show them different prices and we measure their brain response. Oh. So with the EEG brain cap, we measure you can you can measure the electroencephalogram, uh, the brain waves, and yeah. what you you the EEG is very good at is telling you whether two things match. So I could, for example, say bread and butter. If you hear butter, your brain will quote unquote say yes within four or five hundred milliseconds. I'll get a yes <laughs> response, yeah. right? But if I say um, uh, Porsche, butter, it has nothing to do with each other. It's a car and uh, and <laughs> something. Okay. Brain. Your brain will say no. You've seen the same word on the screen, but your brain will say no. So, so what I did was I kind of yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. What I did then was like identify similar brain signals like that I've just like the one I've just explained and he was basically showing a product let's say law firm XYZ uh, in New York high reputation so and so forth and recommended by so and so hourly rate 50 euros there'll yeah. be a mismatch hourly rate 2000 euros there'll be a mismatch but maybe hourly rate I don't know, 600 uh, euros. So it would be dollars, sorry, $600, yeah, okay. $500. Somewhere there would be a match, right, in the in the, in the the customer's mind, right? So we did that okay. exact same thing. But now, now, comes the, now comes the really exciting thing. They tested that product in the market. They played around with the IT. And in the end, there, despite the fact that I said there is no threshold, there was a threshold. The brokers didn't sell anything above 100 euros. What we did in a second study was we tested the minds of the salespeople. It oh. turns out that the threshold that explained the market data was in the brain of the salespeople. So oh my gosh. it was the salespeople didn't dare to charge what they could charge, right? That is and that so is, important. That is such yes. a key point. That And this is kind of a lot of things that you hear in some of those mindset coaches and things like this, that it's all in the, in the mind of that salesperson. But this is not that kind of you know, like woo-woo kind of, this is based on the science of what's actually happening in the brain when these yes. things go on. So I just wanted to go back real quick because it sounds like when you're when you're doing these tests, you're not even yes. really asking a question. You're just kind of showing data and information and then and then measuring what's happening in the brain. So it's not even like they have to respond in language. Is that right? We have to keep the brain engaged. So okay. watch out that we don't just people have people fall asleep. So after <laughs> every price, <laughs> after every price, <laughs> After every price, people have to respond on the keyboard uh, with okay. the left or right button press saying cheap or expensive. Okay. Okay. All right. Which, but you're not actually asking. Well, yeah. I guess you sort of are asking a question with that. Then. Well, I, I am asking a question, but I'm, I'm interested in the brain response and not whether they say it's cheap or it's expensive. Okay. So does that sometimes conflict where they say cheap or expensive and then yes. they get a different? Oh, what, when does that happen? It happens, it's very interesting, it happens in many products, in many products, the brain ac accepts a higher price. 
subconsciously, which is what we measure, than what people say. And wh but, why would they do that? Well, you know, you don't really want to reveal potentially your true willingness to pay. You, uh, know? you, you are the right person. Now, if, you know, I need a very good lawyer. Yeah. And in Germany, very good lawyers cost, for example, 300 euros per, per hour. You know, I ideally would like to have him for 200 only, right? So I wouldn't, uh, I would still say, well, 300 is very expensive, you know, it's not, but I still so might, I still might go with him because I need him. So outwardly, you may be saying 200 because that's what you want to pay. Yes. But inwardly, you have, you have more of a threshold and you're, you might be willing to go up to 300. And that's kind of where that discrepancy comes be, between what they're pushing on the keyboard and what's happening in their brain. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. And, and it's the reverse thing happens when I ask you about donations. Oh. You will be saying, oh, I'm willing to donate much more. But your brain will be, you know, stopping much earlier. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> stop saying that. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. We, we okay, did some so research for an animal shelter and people said, oh, yeah, you know, I would donate a lot. But we saw on the brain scan that, you know, <laughs> it's, like, not no. eight, it's not eight euros per, per month, but it's only five euros. Yeah, that's price. so interesting. Okay, so how can we take those ideas and apply them to that kind of interaction where uh, an attorney is is meeting with this client they're kind of talking it through and they really want to work with this person but they're really unsure about how far they can push it with with the pricing so generally in in pricing is very important to sell value right not not a yeah. product and not not a you don't sell an hourly rate you sell value now, in order to understand, well, ideally, you, you check this with me over the brain scan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in this first call and, you know, the, the client is there, you, you have to ideally understand how much pain is there and what really drives that person, right? Is it that, I'll say, you know, is it about a divorce and about potentially, you know, a father who doesn't is in danger of, of, you know, not being able to see his kids or only once a month or something like that, you know, maybe they you know, their willingness to pay is very high potentially. Yeah. Is it only someone who says, hmm, let me see if I can get rid of that speeding ticket or not? That may be a totally different topic, right? Then sure. you, you can charge the high, the high prices. This is what you have to figure out, you know, and then there is also an issue called the price quality heuristic. So heuristic is like a rule of thumb that makes, makes it easier for our brains to understand the world. Yeah. So, and one thing that we've all learned is that what is worth a lot costs a lot, right? So. That means sometimes you may actually be in, in, a, in a case where the pain is so, so strong or so, so bad that people are in such, you know, really, really want to win this case that, that they believe they need to have the best lawyer. Yeah. Uh, a, a good friend of mine started his own law firm and he is the head of the law firm and he has employed like four lawyers or so. And they were, they're all good lawyers, right? But he's just a founder and he has a, a doctoral degree in law. So slightly, you know, slightly above the others, but also he's like the senior person. So people always said, I want to work with Dr. With him. X yeah. with him. Yeah. So they, so they said, well, they all charge 240. 
I said, you know, let's let's rearrange that and let's have him charge 290 so that we distribute our, our work better. Yeah. You know, they all charge for 240 and they tell their clients now you can work with the lawyer for 240 or you can work with uh, the boss for 290. Now what happens, everybody wanted to work with the boss even more. So <laughs> everybody said, ah, yeah, well, no, I need the boss. You know, I need the, I need, if he's worth more, I will, you know, people even got this more into their minds like this, uh, believing that he would uh, be the best lawyer they could get. Yes, yes. So, so there's this perceived value that goes up because he raised exactly. his price. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you have this in Germany, but we will have oftentimes these magazines and like if, if, if you're at a waiting room in a doctor's office or something and they're actually free where you can just take them if you want, but they always put a price on the outside of the magazine that says, yes. you know, $4 or $5. But that's just to show you that we might have some good stuff in here that you want to read. If we put free, yep. you're not going to pick it up. You're going to think, ah, it's just a bunch of junk. So there's this perceived value that, that people understand. So how do you you create that as an attorney mm -hmm. if you have let's just say you don't actually mm -hmm. necessarily have a great sense of what your competitors are charging mm -hmm. and you may mm -hmm. have a, a range but you're not mm -hmm. you're not totally sure and how do you create that perceived value without going too far so at some point you have to blurt out a number yeah one thing you should always have before you state that number you should always have a good reason to reduce the number you know, what you can never do, you can never go up with the number. Yeah. You know, I, I, I cannot say I charge 250 and the client is like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Like, oh, no, you know, actually, it's 280 or it's 300. <laughs> you can't do that anymore, right? Yeah. You, can, you, you, you can go and, and I'm not a lawyer enough, but I'm sure there are there are things that, that look like they are very valuable. So, you know, if, if you recognize that you have said 300 and that's not what the what the client is willing to pay, you should, you could have something, you know, some backup. You yeah. could say, well, you know, we can have uh, another arrangement, but then it's X, you know. So in Germany, this is, I think, legally tricky to be, to be getting some, something as a, like a success fee or something like that. But this could be something that could be, I think it's a, it's, a, it's legal in, in the US. So if, if you can, if you have a, a different pricing structure, as, as a, you know, as a second option and say, oh, you know, if that is too, too much, you know, what we could do is we can, we can rearrange the risks or so, and we can shift that a little, and then it will be cheaper for you. I've also always heard myself, even just for my own business coaching, mm -hmm. where if you are going to lower the price, you don't just mm -hmm. lower it, you take yes. something away. Because yes. otherwise they think that now, because otherwise they think that you're not trustworthy because yep. now it's like, well, how far can I push this now? If I mm -hmm. just keep hesitating, maybe she'll just keep coming down with the number as opposed to if you say, okay, if we do, if we work together under X circumstances, it's this price. If we, but then if you change the price and come lower, it has to be Y circumstances. It can't be the same circumstances for a low. Is yes. that right? Absolutely. That's what okay. I was trying to say. But for you as a coach or for anyone selling a consulting service, it's, it's a bit easier than a lawyer that only works on a legal, sure. on a, on an hourly rate. So that's why I was a little trying to actually come up on the fly with something. 
which is why I said, you know, one thing could be risks. Yeah. Yeah. But if they have, there are some lawyers that we talk to that have kind of a mm-hmm. flat fee. So let's say that is something mm-hmm. like a, you know, the DUI service and they say, okay, mm-hmm. here is our fee and it's not based on hourly. It's just, we're going to do the following four things and here's the fee. Then if you do feel that need, that kind of pushback from that mm-hmm. price, then you can bring it down. But now it has to be two or three things instead of those yes. four things. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That yeah. is so exactly what, happens- what I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Because what happens in the brain if if you don't do that? Well, there, you know, basically distrust uh, comes up, right? And yeah. pe- people people feel feel cheated over. And I think distrust between a lawyer and a client is a is a very problematic issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's know. not likely that it's going to work out if yes. if there yes. if you start with that feeling of distrust. Yeah. Yes. So I know in your new book, the new book, by the way, is called The Invisible Game. And we're talking a lot about behavioral economics. And mm-hmm. this was one of my favorite topics when I was getting my MBA and just talking about the psychology of how people make these decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's not straightforward. I mean, there's some really other awesome books out there that kind of walk you through this decision process. And so I know that you talk, you mentioned a lot about this reassurance trust and kind of finding these opportunities. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we build that reassurance and trust and align that with this this conversation about pricing so for for lawyers it's it's quite tough to build uh, reassurance but one thing that is very helpful for lawyers to understand is that people love to some degree absolute safety you know and they are people are very bad at judging extreme percentages so okay. say how unlikely 1% is or how likely 99% is we are extremely bad at that i'll give you an example that that is not really from the legal world it's kind of i think lawyers can relate to it but it, it shows you how people think but everybody will will understand immediately so imagine there's a pesticide and for 15 of every 10,000 units you sell there is a harmful reaction. Somebody got hurt, I don't know, it got spilled over a child or something bad happened, somebody has to go to the hospital really bad or even has potentially permanent damage. So, and then there's a question, how much are you willing to reduce this, to pay more, if you reduce this number from 15 to 10? And then people will say uh, $1 or something like that. Yeah. Now let's have the exact same scenario, there's a pesticide, blah, blah, blah. And it causes a harmful reaction in five people, okay, for every 10,000. How much are you willing to reduce the risk from five to zero? People pay three times as much as from 15 to 10. Now think about that. Why is that so irrational? It's because these are five lives and five five times an instance of a bad incidence, right? Why should yeah. these first five lives be worth less than the last five lives you know you you see that if you can get to some degree absolute safety or certainty or at least a feeling you are willing to pay much much more yeah this is something i think that that lawyers really need to understand when they price and when they come up with their pricing scheme because that is a great example of how humans really irrationally value numbers and and how that really plays out in in pricing 
That actually reminded me the the book I was I was thinking of a minute ago is predictably irrational, and I'm sure that you've read this one a few times over. Yes, but it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of the things that you're talking about. And in your book, we're t- we're diving more into the psychology of pricing and and things. But behave predictably irrational talks about how we make decisions broadly and mm-hmm. how it's absolutely irrational. Like there there it looks logical when they lay it out and explain it, but it's not. And we kind of justify our irrationality in these really strange and kind of fun ways. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's something that's really important to keep in mind as you're going through these experiences in business. And you talk about this in your book. Everyone wants mm-hmm. to believe that they're making these pricing decisions totally logically and rationally. But it just isn't the case, right? So going back to this idea of value, because you talked about that Mm -hmm. before and how people really base their pricing decisions off of value. What are some language ideas or thoughts or ways Mm -hmm. that we can convey value that gets right in there into those brain responses? I think one of the most, one of the strongest concepts we need to understand is anchoring. Okay. So anchoring means that we adjust our numerical perception, for example, the perception of a price, according to comparisons. Yes. So if you say, okay, let's take let's take this thing. Let's say there is some a legal fight over a real estate, right, which is potentially worth a million dollars, right, and then you compare that to a legal fee of uh, three hundred dollars per hour. It's not much, right? So that's that's how you should frame it, right? If you yeah. of course say, "Yeah, I'm sorry, you only make eighty bucks an hour, and I make three hundred, that is the wrong anchor, right? So you can comp- you make the wrong comparison. But if you say, "Look, this is about your real estate. It's about you know a, a million or more." You know, what is what is 300 euros an hour or $300 an hour? That is, you know, then you put it in the right context. And that is the thing, you know, that that the value is not something that is hardwired. The value can be changed. You can change the value of your services just simply by comparing it to to whatever comparisons with your goals. Oh, that's so good. I know there was this example and I and the author of Predictably Irrational wrote two books. So I can't remember who it was in Predictably Irrational or the mm-hmm. other one. But the way he described it is there was this magazine subscription and they he said, "Okay, if you have price A and price C and you just look at A and it's, you know, let's say $20 and you look at C and it's you get the year plus you get, you know, some extra little tote bag or mm-hmm. something like that. But you don't have anything to relate that to. If you slide in price B, which is the it's kind of this giveaway throwaway price. And it and people can look at it and say price B makes no sense. Price B is 1 month plus the tote bag where you get price B for the same as price C. All of a sudden Price B now makes price C look really good. So you have this decoy price, I think is what they exactly. called it. Exactly. And the decoy price, you have no intention of selling. It's yes. this price where you put it in there to kind of boost up price C so yes. that you, yes. that one looks good. And they have what you're describing <laughs> as that anchor. And so then yes. now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, of course that makes sense because mm-hmm. I've got B mm-hmm. over there that doesn't make sense. Yes. 
Yeah, I um, love that so, example. So that could be, I, I was just trying to come up with an example of a legal service. So maybe a lawyer has, has two things that they that they are um, discussing with, with a client. Let's say the company does their intellectual property, you know, their, okay. their, their brands and stuff with the, with the lawyer. And they can also do, you know, their imprint and making sure that everything on, the, on their IT and media stuff is legally fine, right? So there's yeah. a lawyer offering those two things, which are somewhat related and he can make money on both of these uh, issues. So what they could say is they could say, well, we'll take a, you know, we'll take a yearly fee for the, for the branding uh, and we'll take a yearly fee for the internet, for your media, uh, media law. So, you know, you take, you take only the branding, uh, we'll take care of your brands. It's $10,000 a year. And we'll only take care of the internet, you know, legal disclaimers, it's $8,000. But if you do them both, it is 12000 you know. Yes. It will suddenly be, you know, so so both of these single ones are somewhat decoys because they're very badly priced. And, you know, doing both of them is obviously a great deal. Right. But they're badly priced in a strategic way because you Absolutely. don't really want to sell either of them individually. You're looking for the bundled price. Yes. So yes. that is, I feel like that is one of the smartest and most important parts of pricing that I've ever learned is that yeah. idea of that decoy price. Because just to reiterate what you were saying about this anchor is to understand that people don't really have an understanding of the number that they should have. And yes. so what you were saying earlier is they may be coming into this conversation they clearly have less information than you. But a lot of people, a lot of lawyers assume that they, they also know what all the competition is selling for, and, but they probably don't. And so they're coming in with less information. And so you're helping them through that decision by giving them these decoy prices and saying, okay, yes. let's just push you towards <laughs> that, that bundled price, which is where we want you to be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is, yeah, that is sometimes that. A, a good help. Yeah, it's and you know you have to keep in mind whoever decides for that oftentimes is happy with that decision. Yes. You know, if if you if you design a choice architecture that makes it very hard for people to make a decision, they'll keep thinking about that. Oh, did I do the right thing? And was it not? Maybe I should have done it differently. You know, if you if it's if it's a clear decision, you make it easy for them. They yeah. will like this. Yeah, actually. that idea of decision fatigue, I feel like we could do a whole other show on that <laughs> that topic alone. But you probably don't have this grocery store there, but it's called Trader Joe's. And this is one of the main reasons that I shop at Trader Oh, well, you spend time in the US, so you may yes, be familiar with I know with Trader Joe's. Yeah, I know but Trader this is Joe's. one of the main reasons I shop there is because I walk into the aisle of Trader Joe's and there is one type of Cheerios. There is one type of this. There is mm -hmm. one type of each category as opposed to these mm -hmm. massive huge aisles that you see where you have 12 types of every single thing and just going through the process of making those choices on a weekly basis for groceries is exhausting as opposed to Trader Joe's where I just tick 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 go through yeah. right through through and it's so much easier and my brain feels lighter because of that yes. and so I feel like if you can provide that kind of a straightforward understandable easy decision where they also feel good about it you're starting yeah. in a really good place with yes. that with that you potential know, client what what you what you need to understand about the human mind is that people love to think they are in charge <laughs> but they don't actually don't want to be in charge 
they don't want to be in charge of their own decisions it's, it's way too complicated it's way too hard right yeah. but they le- they like to think they have made a decision so yes. and that is why a good choice architecture in your proposal is crucial and is critical to success right if yeah. you only give them one thing they can't really think i couldn't make a decision right they're not uh, in and, control and, and yeah. then they're not in control and you know they they didn't commit to it as much right but if they say oh i made this decision I commit to it, you know, yes. you have, a, you have a, a different, you have a different uh, decision process. And that is, that is important, but don't make it hard. And this is something that any business in this world has problems understanding, making up offers that are not attractive. Like, yeah. why should we make up an offer that's not attractive? Let's, let's, let's leave it out. Right. And when I sometimes talk to big companies or so, it's very hard for them to say, even the salespeople might still, I might understand it, but then. R&D might not understand this. Why shall we help you design an offer that is not that is suboptimal? You know, yeah. but it's, it is important. It is so critical for winning a deal. It's true for lawyers. It's true for, for uh, B2B businesses. It's for anyone. For any kind of human. This is the way yeah. our brain works. And so it's, it's not going to be different from one kind of human to the other. This is how our brain works through that decision process. So, okay, awesome. It is time for the book review. And I know you have a good one and, and no one else has recommended this. So I, I'm excited about this. So Kai, what is the book that you have to add to the library today? So it's, it's Noise, written by Cass Sunstein, Olivier, oh, I forgot his last name, but anyway, and Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman. And I really recommend this to anyone working in the legal system because it introduces some very important statistical concepts and by the way i teach statistics in the second semester uh, for my for my undergrads I'm so i know that. how important <laughs> is that is <laughs> no you shouldn't uh, you, you should be sorry for them not for not for me <laughs> okay okay I'm sorry sorry to them <laughs> I'll, I'll make so them listen are, to this here so, yeah, so anyway exactly. so anyway so what is so uh, cool is that there is variance there's variance in decisions and there is variance across people and there is also variance within people and that is so important to understand that that because there are oftentimes there's variance between uh, judges decisions right but not just between such as decisions also within an, a judge you know a judge may uh, decide on one day like this and on the other day like that yeah and there is so much psychology going on in the courtroom and so many cases are not completely 100% clear. If it's 100% clear, it's, it's clear, it's whatever. But yeah. if, if it's unclear, you know, there is so much psychology going on that you really need to understand that and not just trust the hard law, but also yeah. understand that humans' minds can be changed and can be convinced. And that depends on how you present the stuff, you know, how you wrap up yes. the package, you know, and well, I think that's this sometimes is, more important than, than the package itself. Well, and I think this is a really interesting way of wrapping up this this topic, because when you think in terms of a jury and yeah. the way that you cannot predict exactly how this is going to you know, work out, how they're going to process the information it's very similar to that potential client. And so these are decisions that are getting made. So whether we're talking about pricing or the decisions of a jury, all of these things Mm -hmm. apply. So 
the topic of the show could have just been more about decisions and the psychology of how people make these like larger scale choices. We spend a lot of time talking about pricing and all of that. So we'll probably, mm -hmm. you know, keep the title there. But I think tying we'll, in this book, you know, in a year or two, we'll do one about decisions. Yes, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll do another <laughs> show. But tying in the book, the Daniel Kahneman book about noise, it, yeah. it kind of opens up the topic more broadly in, in terms of the brain science that you were talking about in the beginning that is so fascinating and how people are processing the information that's being presented to them. So I, I love that, that book. We'll obviously link to that on the show notes and have the, the book available with the links to Amazon and everything there because I think there's a, a lot of different layers to this whole conversation than just the pricing alone. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kai, what is one big takeaway? I mean, with that in mind, and you know, maybe it's just about pricing or decisions or whatever, but what's one big takeaway that you'd like the lawyers and the audience to get from the show today? Never underestimate the power of scientific psychology. I'm not talking about woo-woo psychology, yeah. what, you know, self-proclaimed healers or whatever are talking about. <laughs> I'm a, as you've heard, probably I'm a a real brain scientist and a statistician teaching statistics. So I'm, I'm very much into the real science. And I think the real science is based on hard facts and on very good analyses. And it's just to a big degree underutilized. One way to utilize it is also, of course, to check out the invisible game, the secrets and the yes. science of winning minds and winning deals, which is a book that I as a consumer science professor has have written together with a professional key account manager who has lots and lots of experience in all the practical fields of selling and she has seen everything in her long and successful career so we make up a, a very interesting team and if you want to know more there's also it's, it's actually while it's you know written by uh, someone coming from b2b it is actually designed perfectly designed for people like lawyers, uh, architects, graphics designers, whatever, everyone who has to sell a service or a product to other businesses. Yeah. Well, and I think what's important to remember is just to kind of circle back to that, and uh, the early mention that you talked about in, in that study that you were doing, the, the limitation was not on those clients or customers. It was yes. on the salespeople. So recognize that those hypothetical limitations you're putting on your own pricing are, are invisible things happening inside your head. And so we'll definitely link to your book and obviously the book that you, you mentioned as well. But thank you so much for being here. This was such an awesome conversation. It was su super interesting, but really helpful too. So thanks again. Yes, thank you, Karin, for having me. This was great. And anyone who is interested in following me, link in with me, follow me on LinkedIn. That's basically where I'm active. Or check Perfect. out my website, kaimarkusmulo.com. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.